Chapter 3 The Refusal Did they say why they wanted the target dead? Tanner asked Horrigan. Not really, but I got the impression that it was the sort of thing where if they didn't kill the target, sooner or later the target would come after them. You know, like, uh, what's the phrase I'm thinking of? Self-preservation, Tanner said. Yeah, that's it, self-preservation. But, as usual, Tanner, I don't know who the target is, and I don't need to know, so please just stuff the info back into that envelope. Right, Tanner said, and placed the target information back inside the brown envelope before handing it over to Horrigan. Horrigan held up his phone. Should I call and say that you're willing to drop your price? I think they'll go as high as a hundred K. No, my price is my price, Jim. What? Tanner, no, come on, man. A hundred K is good money. And I don't know about you, but I can use the dough. Tanner said nothing more, and Horrigan gave him a look of disgust. If they were willing to pay, would you have taken the contract? No. The subject has strong ties with law enforcement, and that includes the FBI. If I killed the subject, their death would most likely be treated as if they had lost one of their own, and then I might find myself on the FBI's most wanted list. You mean that you're not on it already? Horrigan asked. I'm not even close. Half of the people in law enforcement think I'm a myth, while some believe I'm dead. I also suspect that a few of them like my work, since I've killed what they would consider bad guys. But if I hit the subject in that file, they would come after me in force. Still, Tanner, a guy like you could kill the target and never leave a trace. If you're smart, Jim, you'll walk away from it, too. I can't, Tanner. I need the money for my daughter. Since when do you have a daughter? Her name is Beth, and she's six. I met her mom, Susan, in rehab, uh, my first rehab. Susan has stayed clean, but she's not making much money, and I wanted to give her some so she could move out of the crappy trailer park she's living in now. You have my vote for Father of the Year, but I'm still not taking the contract. Goodbye, Jim. Horrigan opened his mouth to say something, but Tanner ignored him, got back in his jeep, and drove away. Horrigan watched Tanner take off and saw his chance to make a big score leave along with him. Whoever took the contract wouldn't pay as well as Tanner did. He took out his phone again and heard the voice of Randall Mason answer his call. At least he thought it was Randall, but it could have just as easily been his brother Carter since the two of them sounded so much alike. Tanner opened the envelope, Horrigan said with a sigh in his voice. Why, is he willing to take less money? No, I think he was just curious. You should have never let him have it, Horrigan laughed. I'm not man enough to stop Tanner from doing something he wants to do, and neither are you or your brother. Tanner's not the only hard killer in the world, and when you return, you'll recruit someone else for us. You have someone in mind? Yes, a man named Stiles, Horrigan grinned. "'Good! I'm glad to hear it. At least I'll make some money. I'll be back there tomorrow. Drive non-stop if you have to, but get to the bar by closing time tonight.' "'Why?' 
because I told you to, and we don't want to waste time. Anyway, there's a snowstorm headed this way from the north. I'll be back tonight, Oregon said, and then he heard Randall Mason end the call. Oregon soon drove off and made it to the roadway, where he turned right and headed towards Colorado. Not once along the way did he realize that Tanner was following him.